welcome to episode 24, season two. Season two. Can you believe season that? Season two. Uh, no, actually, I cannot believe that we've been doing this for <laughs> that long. You'd think we'd have a bigger following by now. I'm surprised we have any following because we're so goddamn boring. It's <laughs> right. sad. Eh, I'm not going to argue with you. Uh, but hey, for those of you who've joined us, Three Miles in Paradox, as always, boom. Uh, three yeah. miles, you barely edged out by less than a second. Uh, thank you for joining <laughs> us tonight uh, for Lawfully Chaotic. Tonight, we are going to finish our, what has inadvertently become a series uh, focused on um, zombies and the apocalypse theme in... Canada. I think we're wrapping up that series today, right? With the, uh, with the Zombicide board game? Yeah. Abs- yep. Tonight, we will be talking about a board game uh, by Simon Games, Zombicide which is uh, for the rants. No rants tonight. This is one of my favorite games. I love it. So there will be uh, very little ranting, if any, tonight. Um, (laughs) But before we start, uh, Jason, do you have any announcements? Yes. Um, Gen Con is over. I've decided I have made a corporate memo to myself. Um, I am going next year. I don't care what I have to do. I you know what? Care. I must have got the same memo in my brain because I think I've decided the same thing. I am. I'm going next. I week. was so jealous of the pictures. I yeah. was. Um, I was so <laughs> jealous. I will find, I'll find something to rant about tonight. Okay, <laughs> if it'll make you all happy, because that's all I'm good for. Right? Is the rant? There. There's your fucking rant. Um, <laughs> I was looking at the bearded nerds posts and a lot of the other posts. Um, uh, no, we haven't done that one. Um, I will, I remember uh, you mentioned it though. Yeah. I'll take a look at it. Um, I, oh yeah. Um, so the Gen Con thing wrapped up and I was getting jealous of all the other folks that went and evidently was their largest turnout in a very long time. Um, so I'm definitely, I'm definitely going next year. Um, a zombie regret. (laughs) Um, I, uh, uh, two things. Uh, one, um, uh, Daggerheart was revealed. Uh, it is a D12 system. Um, and there are some videos posted in our Discord channel of some reviewers. Um, I found the most interesting one, the comic book one, uh, character sheet, um, because they had an actual walkthrough with Travis uh, in regards to it. So I think that's a really interesting one uh, to nice. check out. Um, also... I now have the full set of the Walking Dead rules. Um, it cool. is a D6 system, and it is using uh, the. It is using. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Why can't I find you? You're the longest lich. Uh, it is using the Year Zero system as well. Okay. So I am hopefully going to have all the rules memorized, and I will be offering a Walking Dead table. Um, probably within the next two to three weeks as well. I'm also really loving Candela Obscura. Our Monday night game is now Candela Obscura uh, until the fall for before we start season two of Pike's Promise. Um, loving it. We I just got done wrapping up a three-hour session with mm-hmm. one of my private pay-to-play tables, and we were all screaming and laughing and jump-scaring each other. Nice. For the whole second half of the session, we were having an absolute blast. Awesome. I really love the system that they've built for that as well. So I, I am not privy to the release date, um, 
but I have to imagine um, it's got to be wrap, soon. I'm I think thinking right. I think in September. Yeah, I think I, they I'm wrap up September. the artwork, and September is my guess. But don't quote me on that. That is based on here. No I just clipped it. I just clipped it, and now <laughs> I'm going to publish it to my four followers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cool. Awesome. Uh, well, speaking of well, Gen Con and Bearded Nerd, uh, next week. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you, you got any more announcements? I was going to ask you, what do you got going on? What's oh, your announcements? Well, um, uh, I got uh, yet more Critical Role work. Um, yep. Thank you, uh, team over there, for reaching out to me uh, again. Such a There's weird a, corporate name. Team over there? Team That's over the there. Stream. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I am just... Uh, it's still, after 30-year professional career in advertising... Like every time I get an email or a call from Critical Role, it, it's the highlight of my career. You know, yeah, of course it is. Yeah, you're, right? you're a super nerd. It makes sense. Yeah, totally. So anyway, so uh, there is another project. I mean, they are always stuff. So um, I can't really, I can't really like, uh, I'm helping out some more. So yeah, awesome. Um, they signed a new D and D deal. I don't know anything about that. Um. No idea. Uh, I will. I will fact check that while you continue. They did just post that Taldore Adventure is now available on D and D Beyond, and oh, in the Crit Roll store, there are a couple of Wizards of the Coast books for sale. So, Three Miles, you may be, um, you may be uh, correct. Um, ah, well, there you go. If you've seen it, then yeah, that's probably accurate. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, always happy to be working with them. Um, it's some really cool shit coming out. So, um, otherwise, uh, yes. Yeah, speaking of Gen Con, um, I think we're going to have Brian Gomez, the bearded nerd, on next week, talking about his trip to Gen Con. So nice. there is that. Uh, so yeah, um, let's talk about Zombie Side. Yeah, yeah. Campaign four will be. It. I thought campaign four was going to be focused on um, Daggerheart. So yeah, interesting. Uh, zombie side. Zombie side. So um, if you like, well, here let me let let's well well let's intro this in. All right. Um, if you like zombies, please buy this product. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, if you like board games, uh, this is a cooperative board game. So I'm going to hold up one of the versions. Uh, so this game, uh, so this do is, you have? Do you have the original one, the very first Kickstarter one that they sent out? I actually don't. I do not have the first one, and I did not. Uh, I discovered it after um, Zombie Side Black Plague came out. Mm. Oh, I love Black Plague. So good. So I have Black, but I didn't do the Kickstarter because I discovered gotcha. it after it was already out. So Black gotcha. Plague, let me back up. Let me back up. Let's, let's, let's start from the beginning. Way. You know, the very so beginning this of a, this. Yeah. So this is a cooperative board game, uh, that obviously has a set of rules devised to, um, to pit you and a group of survivors against zombies of a certain thing. And the game mechanics are, in my opinion, genius, because this game perfectly captures the feel of 
you know, oh, we got to sneak into this uh, old school to get, uh, you know, a bunch of uh, freeze-dried lunches or something like that, okay? <laughs> and you go in, and it's like, oh, you know, be quiet, and there's a couple zombies, and, you know, we're okay sneaking around. And then, bam, somebody trips or somebody fires a gun once and makes a noise. And then before you know it, within four turns, the board looks like somebody spilled out a tub of minis. Uh, yeah. So it is really <laughs> fucking awesome how it ramps up just like any freaking zombie movie you've ever seen. And you can go literally in two turns, sometimes even one. You can go from, oh, yeah, we're well on our way to winning this to we are fucked royally. <laughs> um, so, uh, and the, the cool thing about this is they have reiterated the system. So there is uh, zombie side. Uh, here are the core sets. I'm going to go back down to the bottom. I just so cannot is, believe how big this has gotten. Yeah. So there's the regular zombie side. Uh, and then some of the core additions to that are Prison Outbreak, Rue Morgue, Black Plague, and Green Horde are basically like D&D editions. Um, there is Zombie Side Invader, which is very alien esque. Okay. Nice. Um, they are, you know, they're zombie type aliens, but it feels much more like aliens, which is great because the, the mechanics work just as well. Um, Night of the Living Dead game. Uh, yeah, I think I got to get that one. Edition, zombie Side Second Edition is a rethinking of the first one based on some rule updates from Black Plague and Invader. Uh, Undead or Alive is Western. Uh, Gear Up is another one uh, on top of the regular ones. Marvel Zombies. Come on. And what is this? Is this Akira coming soon? I know, I right? That's <laughs> fucking awesome. Now we go down to the expansions. You got one, two, no, uh, two for Western. You've is got, that Supernatural? Join the hunt? Yes. You've got Thundercats. You've got uh, whatever the fuck this is. Oh, that's Batman. Uh, that's Dark Knight, Many Worlds or something like yep. that. Uh, the Boys. Yeah. Zombies. Ghostbusters. I've got that on order. Uh, I've got, look at this. I've got Danny Trejo. I've got President. The Box of Presidents. <laughs> I've got fucking Iron Maiden. I've got Zombie Side Black Plague. I've got Wolf Wolfsburg, which adds zombie werewolves. I've got so the entire I'm Kickstarter. I've got the entire Kickstarter for Invader, which is no joke, a stack of boxes and merch about four feet high. I've That's also got hysterical. the entire Kickstarter for the second edition release, which again is a stack, no shit, about four feet high. I've even got hardcover comic books. Hardcover compendium comic books for Invader and the regular zombie side. This was also a separate Kickstarter release. This is a tiny smattering of all of the shit that there is for this game. Um, That's crazy. It's just, it's just, it's, I've got no rest for the wicked. Well, and uh, I'm, I mean, I'm definitely interested in the expansion for Toxic City Mall because yeah. to me, that's the quintessential zombie. Yep. genre that I grew up in was the idea of the survivors at the mall, which I, I've always <laughs> I do have in a session. Oh yeah. I, I am an absolute sucker for good board games these days and good board games, in my opinion is high production, obviously good system, good game, but high production value and a shit ton of miniatures. And nobody does that better than Simon game. 
bucks. You buy yeah. a game of theirs, and it may cost eighty to a hundred bucks, but you get eighty fucking miniatures, which know? is like a dollar a miniature if that's all you yeah. wanted it for. Yeah, and their and their sculpts and their quality are basically, in my opinion, second only to like Games Workshop. Believe it or not. That's um, pretty. That's that's saying a, that's saying a lot about the quality, but I don't know if I want to bring their name down to the muddy ground of Games Workshop. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm speaking Fuck only only production quality of the miniatures, but no, but I mean their their games are they're freaking awesome, um, and uh, that's why I you know that's why I've backed these Kickstarters all in. Well, and you know the the. The board game universe is pretty prolific too when it comes to zombie games. Like I didn't realize how many were out there. Yep. Um, and uh, one of uh, one of the ones that came up a couple times is Dead of Winter. Yeah. Um, uh, which is looks pretty good as well. Um, and then I was um, looking at something called Last Days, a zombie board game that mm -hmm. was looking kind of interesting. Um, but still, like the general consensus, um, it seems to be that Zombie Side is the one to beat, like to knock off that pedestal yeah. of like creativity, yeah. value, production work. Yeah, it is. And I mean, the the way the game, uh, I think this one, let me see what's in this box. I don't know if there's map tiles in here. But... And I'm wondering how much they were influenced by the uh, PC game or console game Left for Dead. I don't know if you've ever uh, I'm not played sure. That. So here's an example of a map tile, you know, so it's got a bunch of rooms on it. Um, it's very clearly marked, which is an, which is a space, which is an area, what is a door. You've got stand up doors that you put on that are either open or closed. There's an element of noise because noise attracts zombies. So every right. attack is an element of noise. Um, there is, tons of equipment there's different characters that you can play i mean there's a shit ton of characters you can who's play. your favorite I mean, character so far i i can't even answer that because there's so fucking many of them i um, can who skater girl skater girl <laughs> she's my favorite okay that's like the to me it's 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 she's i haven't even fast. played close to all of them because i've got so many <laughs> We'll play the damn game, son. Uh, no, I play the game. You, I'm, I'm telling you, you know what? Tomorrow, I'm going to get all my zombie side stuff and put it in a pile. I can't tomorrow. I'm going to a Cubs game. This weekend, okay? This weekend. Yeah, Roller, yeah, roller girl. girl. It's Roller Girl. Yeah. This weekend, I will put together all my fucking zombie side shit, and I'll take a picture of it, and you will shit your pants. That's funny. That's hysterical. Um, but I can't stop buying it because it's fucking awesome. Uh, yeah, so, the, so, so the map is always changing because each tile has a number of rooms on it. And you put those tiles to get the, you know, the mission tells you exactly how to set up. There are spawn points where zombies appear. Um, you know, a few of them start uh, on the board and then you have spawn points. You get um, uh equipment so you can upgrade your character um both with skills and equipment um it it all it feels very you know it, it feels very close to breaching the line to role-playing game which i love um even though it's a board game there's mm. a lot you could invest in your character by the shit that you pick up 
Um, you can search areas if there's no zombies there. If there are zombies, there's a rule. If you leave an area with zombies, they all follow you and they, they tag everyone from the room tags along. So you're like pulling this train of zombies. Um, and then every turn you flip over cards, which tells you how many zombies spawn, where they spawn, Perhaps um, if there are also like abominations, which are much larger and, and, and tougher. Um, uh, and then there are other zombies that's, that facilitate spawning regular zombies. So <laughs> the reason I think this game is so <laughs> successful, because there are a, a lot of cooperative games and some of them... For whatever reason, uh, be it the actual mechanics or or how the rules interact with that particular theme, some of them, in my opinion, work better than others. Some of the, I mean, the great thing about cooperative games is that you can also play solo for obvious mm. reasons, okay? Because whether it's a team or one person, you're still playing against the rule book, not other yeah. players. Which is which is awesome. I love that. However, on some solo play games or cooperative games, it almost becomes like rote. You know, like you could press mm. the button and the game could just play itself. Sure, right. they can all do that in a way, but some of them, like I said, in my opinion, just seem to fit the cooperative play style better. This one does it to a T, as I said, because mm. the mechanics just work so damn well with the zombie theme um you know that that mindless just churning them out and and whatnot just works so well with that cooperative type of mechanic that it's no wonder that you know everybody everybody in this particular niche space um uh is well i'm, is chasing I'm wondering zombicide. i wonder if the popularity of zombie side when it first rolled out of the Kickstarter world, um, not only boosted the idea of quality games coming out of Kickstarter, um, but our board games, um, yep. but also the idea of over the last two, three years, the steady growth of cooperative gaming in general, yes. This, yes. this idea that cooperative gaming could be as fun, if not more fun than contentious gaming or, yeah. you know, yeah. um, uh, competitive gaming. Yeah, from a certain from a certain standpoint, and it's interesting. And I'm glad you brought that up because I I wanted to talk also about you know not going back very far, and it probably correlates directly to uh, COVID. Okay, to um, mm -hmm. um, the uh, uh, whole pandemic. <coughs> um, not too long before COVID, you know, Kickstarter was not a guaranteed like right you know we're getting published right i right. don't know i don't have the metrics i don't know what the percentage of of funded projects was back then right now nowadays with board games with with even a modicum of of production value behind it you're fucking funded in a day and you know or, or you're funded i should say you are funded for sure and if you are a company like Seabon or Restoration Games or something like that, you're funded in a day. I mean, mm. these games make 10 times. Uh, I think, and again, these are somewhat old figures, uh, uh, you know, so don't directly quote me, but um, I'm pretty sure 
um, I have seen these these facts before. Um, uh, I think when Simon came out with uh, some one of these early zombieside kickstarters, or whatever, just or Cthulhu Death May Die, that was the same. Two hundred thousand seems to stick in my head as like this is what it's going to take to produce a game. These right, games, right. these games garnered over a million dollars, one point three million dollars for fucking board game, and these yeah. are hundred dollar games. And then if you get all the Kickstarter shit, which you got to do because it's all Kickstarter exclusive, right? You're right. in for three hundred fifty bucks. Yeah, and you know what? Like I said, the stack of shit that you get is just amazing. And to your point, um, I think. The fact that everybody kind of rediscovered gaming during the pandemic um, and does this to be together. I think the cooperative aspect really helps with that also. Um, well, I can I can share a statistic. Um, okay. So for the I mean, website, I, before you read that, I, yeah. I'm, I would go out on a limb and say that Simon probably more than anybody else influenced the board game space with their early releases both elevating the production value the perceived value and therefore the cost they could charge and even the kickstarter space i would go out right. on a limb and say that it was them more than anybody else and this game i think probably had a lot to do with it um so 6.1 million dollars in 2022 of successful uh, funding of Kickstarter projects in general. Um, and year on year, it continues to grow and go upward. I think the success from Critical Role's Kickstarter, um, mm -hmm. the success of Catalyst, Simon, and this very, very proactive way of getting people involved mm -hmm. in how the evolution of a, of a project comes into fruition and giving people the opportunity of exclusive access, like, um, you know, a unique mini or a unique expansion or a unique kind of mission. And, and if you you're anything it. like yeah. me, you cannot, if you're, if you're buying the game, you can't not buy all of the fucking add on shit. Your brain right. doesn't work that way. At least mine doesn't. <laughs> so true. So true. Like, um, for example, if I go to Kickstarter now, like right now as of midway through 2023, so um, it was 6.1 million last year. Mm -hmm. This year, they're already at 7.5 million. At halfway through right? the year. So, yeah. And they're only halfway through 2023, yeah. technically. Yeah. Um, 89 so million pledges. Wow. 89 million pledges. I mean, I have and two hundred and forty-four thousand projects fully wow. funded, and I would I would like to see the statistic on how many board games are funded. What percentage of projects that are put up there are funded? Mm. I bet it is very high. I would say eighty percent. Well, high. I'm going to look up the stats for the original zombie. It's so side. funny because I I still get <laughs> in fact. The Iron Maiden one that I got just the other day just showed up at the door. I'm like, oh, I remember ordering that a fucking year ago. And it just shows up. <laughs> and then I got to hide it so my wife doesn't see it and fucking castrate me for buying more goddamn board games. Um, so it's interesting. So I'm looking up all the Zombicide stuff. Um, mm -hmm. They like their core expansions 
mm-hmm. regularly get between twenty and twenty-two thousand pledges. Okay. Just their core expansions. Okay. Um, so figure times a hundred. Figure a hundred bucks times a hundred. So that's yeah. Uh, two yeah. Million? Um, I mean, say- I think it depends on how the Kickstarter is organized and how they're reaching their different goals. Sure. Yeah. So, like for example, the Green Horde. Because face it, orcs are popular. Yep. In fact, this particular core expansion did almost twenty-eight thousand backers. So when I go to the Green Horde, I can actually look at the funding period of twenty seventeen of May mm-hmm. through June. So twenty-eight days of funding. Yeah. Is with the Green Horde. One point um, one million dollars. Their initial pledge goal was three hundred thousand dollars. It earned five million. Oh, five. Okay, so I'm fucking way off. <laughs> five but million. It, but it proves my point by a factor of five. But what's interesting is because this was back in 2017, the whole development of um, how to do the pledges mm-hmm. was still not quite like one of the things that Simon seems to do is they don't offer unique awards in the early years. But the as they've early, gotten. Okay. Like, for example, um, basically for 120 bucks, you got Zombicide Green Horde. Um, so uh, 24,257 people were Horde pledgers, right? Mm. They standard pledgers. Um, but that's a gap. So even though the backers were 24,000, the total backers were 27,000. So okay. there were at least 3,000 backers that got different awards. So when you look at the older pledges, they're archived very differently. Um, if I go and so I go learn... do Marvel, do Marvel Zombie Side. Right. Because that was their latest one. Uh, actually, no, the Western one might have come out after, but do Marvel. Well, considering its brand just being Marvel, Marvel yeah. Yeah. alone might be... Um, so if I'm if I again if I'm correct on my facts uh, in 2020 or 2019 the board game industry was a uh, was a nine billion dollar industry. No, I'm sorry. It was a nine hundred thousand dollar industry in 2019. Uh, oh, nine hundred million. Okay. In these 20- numbers are gonna these numbers are gonna blow your fucking mind. I love looking at shit like this. Okay. So Marvel Zombies came out in 2022. Yeah. Um, and it was a funding duration of 16 days. Okay. And in 16 days, it made nine million with twenty-nine thousand backers. What was their goal? Three hundred. Um, their goal was five hundred thousand dollars. Five hundred thousand. Okay. Yeah. And what's and I'm sure that's because of the licensing. Sure. Right. As a core game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Their cost of production within the core game yeah. specifics. So probably nine, not all that different. It's just the, the creation of the content. Yeah. Because they've already established their production values. So all the art- artworks established, like the production values are there. They know how to churn them out. Mm-hmm. So I'd imagine when you start getting into these more expansive licenses, it's getting more expensive. Yeah, of course. To carry the license. But what's what's interesting is because this is a newer archive, all the pledges are available to look at. Mm-hmm. So their biggest pledge is the Devourer pledge that was worth $615. It had 6,200 backers. Yeah. 
So if you go um, look back, if you go look back at Invader or Zombie Side Version Two, if if they're archived that way, you'll see my pledge. There. <laughs> they're, they're, I think they are both about three hundred thirty or three hundred. Um, in fact, the standard undead pledge, the value box pledge, which is mm -hmm. the one hundred thirty dollar value of the box, was only forty two hundred backers. That's what I'm saying. They they're... that's why they have mastered more than anyone else. They have mastered the fucking add-ons and and the pace of it throughout the Kickstarter campaign. I mean, I've watched it and it's like there's a list of 50 fucking character minis that unlock at at every level in addition to uh you know, to larger unlocks. And then they all do, they do the surprise thing like every like once a week or twice twice a week uh or once every once a week or twice a week, something like that, where it's right, like, right. oh, and also you can get a whole box of extra, you know, X or, or right, whatever, right. or extra dice. And like I said, you you can't not buy that shit. You're like, that's why I'm I'm more careful now when I go into a Kickstarter campaign because I think to myself, <laughs> okay, do I want this entire fucking thing or no? Right. And if, and right. if the answer is no, I don't even bother with it. But it is interesting that their primary tag for the board game mm -hmm. is tabletop games. Yeah. So their main search right. tab is tabletop games, not board games, but tabletop. Oh, tabletop. Games. Well, it, yeah, I, I I think that's another interesting way of approaching how they how they market and get the idea of their games out there because they're marketing to the miniatures. That's kind of unique to their release. Cause you know, you take a look at like Gloomhaven and you know, some of the other miniature heavy games sitting there on the floor unopened yeah. for two years. <laughs> a lot of those are two, $3 a figure when you start breaking down the metrics of the cost. Right. So oh, in Gloomhaven, I haven't opened the box yet, but there's maybe 20 miniatures in that box. Right. And the so box the, is fucking enormous. It weighs 30 pounds and it was a hundred bucks. Yeah. So well, well, I paid a hundred. It's a hundred and thirty dollar game or whatever. Right. So looking at Zombicide, it's um, I think they went with the tabletop games thing because even if they couldn't convince you to play the game itself, if they convinced you to buy a box of eighty miniatures, there's they know that you're getting almost a dollar twenty five a miniature at that point. Yeah, and that's pretty cost effective of a of another way of selling a product. So this box, this is the Black Ops box for Zombie Side Invader, the alien one. Nice. This one has nine miniatures, okay? But it also has completely new rules. It has more maps. It has more tokens. It's it base. It's a it's a full expansion for the core game. Right. So as an expansion, how much was that one? Probably thirty dollars add on for the Kickstarter, or even maybe, at or maybe twenty five. So even at nine miniatures. That's still only three dollars a miniature on top of the copious amount of uh, of content you get. Right. You know. Uh, Which one's so this, that? This is Wolfberg. This is twenty six miniatures, two game tiles, two you know two map tiles, four plastic dashboards for your for your heroes. So again, this is a a, a full. It's not some minis and a couple equipment cards. This is a full expansion box for the core right and how this much was, was also, that one this was also probably well this one i bought retail okay okay but but for a kickstarter add-on this probably would have been 30 
I'm guessing. Like 30 or 35. Well, which one is that again? This is Wolfsburg. So it adds uh, zombie werewolves and and rats, I think. No, just werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and then again, it's like all the unlocks. Uh, and, and what's really cool in all of their games, they did this with Cthulhu Death May Die. They base their their hero characters off of famous people whether it be movie characters or real actors and actresses or political figures or whatever that's why you know i have iron maiden i have danny trejo i have the presidents uh, and they you know in cthulhu death may die they have uh they they name them different but it's obvious it's obvious that they have like albert einstein and ernest hemingway and and uh Florence Nightingale and and so the dead know. the zombie side undead or alive which is their dead west expansion yeah I skipped it because again I, I literally you just have too money now that one was a hundred bucks I don't have I don't have room for it because again one, it would it it wouldn't have been just the core game it would have been a whole stack of uh, add-ons and it looks to be about a lot of miniatures about fifty or sixty miniatures yeah are in it and the core you know it's core release was a hundred bucks yeah, yeah for its main release and i'm just like but once again you know 3.3 million dollars twenty one thousand backers mm -hmm. this is a cultural phenomenon like board game avalon hill couldn't have hoped to do this good at its peak oh like you know <laughs> even though it's been rebooted um, currently Avalon Hills library still exists, but it's a more modern library than their old library. But I think Zombicide has proven that if you follow a formula of quality, yeah, content, production value, um, aesthetics of how you present your idea, you I mean, can... they've they not just them, all of the companies, most of the companies out now are doing it. Uh, but I, like I said, I think they were. I think they laid the groundwork for it. I think they, did. they were one changed, of the ones that that, and burnt, that laid the trail. Yeah, and they've changed the consumer's perception of what a board game is. I mean, you you know, you remember buying games for birthday presents when we were kids? You can go to the store yeah. and you buy Monopoly for twenty bucks. Yeah, you Payday, know, 30, Monopoly, right, Life. Forty dollars was an expensive fucking board game. Yeah. Now, you know, eighty to a hundred to me is normal. Because you get so much, because the price has gone up by a factor of three, but the production value and what you get in that box has gone up by a factor of 10. So in 2019, the board game industry in the United States was estimated to be $2.69 billion. Uh, it is forecast to exceed $5 billion by 2025. And wow. I think, and I think the estimates were somewhere around nine billion by twenty thirty. So there you have it. But uh, but yeah, this game, like I said, the game. So so if we talk about the game itself, um, so obviously the the D and D one Black Plague um, is very true to the fantasy uh, formula. You know, there's no guns or anything like that. There's, right. there's weapons and stuff. But you also have magic. You have spells. You have shit like that. So that the noise factor comes in. You have ranged weapons and non-ranged weapons. Um, 
um, and then there are you know there the orcs there's the there's the undead uh, the undead uh, ghosts add-on the werewolf add-on for that the regular zombie side obviously has all you know the the fun toys to play with from right you know pipes and and bats to uh you know to machine guns and so character like development in zombie side does it have a character development does do you so, have that ability it from an upgrade standpoint yes I, I you know what i i really should have pulled out like character cards and whatnot hang on see i've <laughs> so i've never even unpacked this fucking box <laughs> Everything is still wrapped up here. So, uh, let me see if there are characters. There are. This is like the worst unboxing video ever. <laughs> hey, so there's some cardboard here, and you throw that the fuck away, and then... Uh, so here's, what, here's what's in this box, just, you know, just as a matter of interest. There's your minis and right. your character dashboards. I uh, hope there's some... So there aren't hero cards in there, but I can show you just off the dashboard. So you put your hero card in the center here, uh, right? And then off to either side is equipment, and then so you can find equipment throughout the game. You and can like... find equipment throughout the game. There's armor, <laughs> armor, equipment, equipment. Here's your character, and then you also have like a level of skills. Okay, um, so you can update. You can upgrade. Well, here actually. So there's this stress. There's this stress thing right here on the bottom. So as the game uh, progresses, the overall stress factor goes up. Every time gotcha. the stress factor goes up, you can upgrade your skills. Okay. You also have health. All right. Um, and then the stress factor also determines, uh, uh, or it also. Um, affects how zombie spawn works right so every card you draw you have that's to read. right yeah, yeah right so you read like oh we're in orange so I'll read that and you know it, my spawn more zombies cool. can yeah. come out yeah that's right yeah. um the equipment uh obviously enhances your character um you have skills that uh correlate to specific equipment um or specific uh, abilities and whatnot so, in a very rudimentary way, I yeah. like how the dashboard's like a little tablet. Like, oh, it's awesome! Yeah, which makes you feel like you're playing on like a like a like a like a uh, one of those pads, like for yeah, console or something, like a data yeah. pad or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and everything you know, it's all molded, so everything fits in its in its little space with pegs and stuff. And the cards fit in there. It's it's just fantastic from a playing standpoint too. knowing what you know about about zombicide can you yeah. remember in your life the very first game that you bought that had that same feel of zombified as a zombicide as a kid from what, i know which one it affected from me, what standpoint feel like like um a big box heavy lots of stuff in it like it access felt, and, access and allies that's what i was yeah that's, <laughs> it, it, i agree 100 yeah like I could still remember standing in that toy store and seeing that board game going, what in the hell is that? I mean, yeah. it was Is that huge. really a box of, of yeah. fucking army men? <laughs> it was great. Yeah, that, yeah. That's what comes to mind whenever I think about the cultural influence 
of like the first rollout of Zombicide. And then once Zombicide came out in 2011, it was all of a sudden people were picking up on that and going bigger box sets, bigger games, bigger board games. Uh, I didn't even know boxes that's interesting. I didn't in even it. know that it happened that far back. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm I, I looking have, at I would their, have said I would have said like 2018, 2019. I, it's no, further back than that. that. Definitely further back than that. Let me. I'm looking at their established company, um, which was 2011. So I mean, not 2018 for the original Zombie Side. I just meant the 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 want for these higher value, higher price games. I'm surprised it goes back to 2011. So Zombie Side published in 2012. Okay. The original Zombie Side published in 2012. Um, it's interesting. It really took off three years ago, three, four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And then it really took off during COVID because you're yep. stuck in your home and people were playing more board games and they were at the dinner table. And it, I it, it, think. I think it took off because even Black, uh, Black Plague was kind of under the radar a little bit. I want to mm. say that it took off with Invader. Because um, that's when they really, like during the Kickstarter campaign, that was when it was really like, okay, there are literally 50 models to unlock at, at you know, every every so often um, uh, pledge value. Um, well, there's it a just, blur it just here. felt like they just didn't stop giving you more and more and more. There's a verb here about second edition that it was more campaign driven. Like you have a series of missions that make up yes. a campaign. Correct. Which I think is very different from the first edition where the first edition was isolated missions that you just did. Yeah. But now since 2021, they're now introducing the idea of campaign. Yeah. Remember I mentioned that in one of our previous shows about we were talking about anthology or something and i and i right, mentioned right. how zombicide is the first board game to really kind of not the first but maybe one of the most first well popular popular yeah. one to kind of uh introduce that effect of uh you know when you finish mission one you know keep your keep your character card or write shit down because that'll carry over pandemic did that pandemic uh had a legacy version where Depending on the outcome of your first game, it could permanently change the the. Uh, so the speaking of cooperative out. games, how does Zombicide culturally compare with the reboot of Dark Tower? Because I know you've gotten that one, right? Dark Tower. Mm -hmm. Yes. What What are your thoughts on that comparable from a co op perspective? Does I think Zombies. I I love Dark Tower. I've played it a few times now, and it is fantastic. Um, the fact that the tower is 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 almost alive. It's animated. It spins. It lights up. And it's integrated um, with an iPad or whatever it tablet. Integrates you with use. a phone, right? A phone. So you basically tap through. Very simple. You tap through this simple app that advances the rounds and tells you what to do. And actually, at certain points in the round, interacts through Bluetooth with the tower itself. And the tower does shit. Um, Interesting. It is a fantastic game. It's a it's a different, a very different cooperative system um, than anybody else's. Uh, I think Zombicide's mechanics are better. Um, so, question: The new Dark Tower is called Return to Dark to Dark Tower. 
Yes, right. by rest by Restoration Games. Now, what's crazy is a 1981 copy of the original Milton Bradley Dark Tower game currently goes for six hundred dollars. <laughs> and how it's much nuts. was Dark? I forgot what I paid. So that too, I did the whole thing. Yeah, the the Return to Dark Tower pledge is roughly two hundred bucks. Yeah, and that's because you're getting a. I mean, the tower is it's about fourteen inches tall, right? Um, and it's about that big at the base, and 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 the cool and Dark thing Tower is, came out. Dark Tower came out last year, right? I think a year ago. I think, now? I, I, think I got it last year. The the and then a year before that or more for the for the Kickstarter. Yes, but they I'm showed wondering. you during their campaign all of the engineering that went into the tower um i mean it's more than just you know lighting up and going Wah. it spins randomly and and these uh these skull tokens drop through the tower and where they land on the board after dropping out of these random shoots you never know where they're gonna uh so spit return out to from. dark tower return to dark tower came out um in 2022 yeah um uh, it earned four million against the pledge goal of eight hundred fifty thousand. The reason why I'm bringing this up as a compare, it makes me wonder if Zombicide is going to look at the digital integration aspect of the success of Dark Tower, and wonder if Zombicide has some room for some of that possible digital interface. I'm sure they will, and that would be a good way to track. Uh, the campaign version of yeah. playing a board game, like an app, with a board, exactly because a board like, yeah. game, and I and and you know we're treading on dangerous ice here because we're we're you know we're, we're starting creating that, ideas in the public space. No, not that, but we're <laughs> advocating for more digital takeover of hands-on board. Well, interaction versus takeover. There's a difference. If they tried to replace no, I, an I, entire content in a in a single digital aspect, I would agree with you. But yeah, I like the idea of taking a favorite game like Zombicide, coming up with an app that allows you to maintain a comp campaign because in the remote space, like just this alone, I mean, mm -hmm. we can I have a studio where, you know, recently we played Castle Panic, which is an amazingly fun game. Um, I could set up the camera and I began to realize I can play board games with people remotely. Sure. You could pull it off. If and it's, it's a cooperative game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah and, no, so I, I, I agree. I mean, I was going towards the ridiculous, you know. Uh, I know. You usually do. Since you haven't had a successful rant, I figured... I that told you, it's not going to be. I love this game. <laughs> I know. Buy, buy this game. Buy this game um, and play it because it's funny but, shit. Uh, but no, yeah, an app that would even just to say like, okay, here's your character. So when you set it up again, here's where all your little pegs and cards and shit are. Right. Um, oh, another one. Dice Throne. Another one of my favorite, favorite fucking games of all time from Roxley is Dice Throne. Okay. That is not co-op. That is a combo of, uh, I like to say that that's a combo of Magic the Gathering, Mortal Kombat, and Yahtzee. Okay. Ooh, it's got a season, um, Noble Knight games? No, uh, Noble Knight is a retailer. It's uh, it's Roxley games. Roxley, there it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, interesting, I like the title, Dice Throne Season 1 Board Game. And they have season two, and they have Marvel version, yeah. And they have Dice Throne actual 
cooperative. So Dice Throne is a head-to-head game where you have a player board. <laughs> We're doing a completely different game. Well, no, but I think it... Let I, me just... I, I, I'll just... I'll keep it really high level. It's a head-to-head but, kind of card game. Okay? Right. It's not co-op. It came out with a co-op version that turns it into a dungeon crawl, utilizing the same mechanics as in their regular game. But, but you upgrade your character that stays between sessions and you and you play it like a campaign so you literally slip new cards into card sleeves right and keep keep your deck but i I think it plays into the narrative of the cultural influences of zombie side as one of the most successful board games in the marketplace you know and i think as people look at the production value of zombicide the miniatures the tabletop notion versus a strict board game notion yeah. uh, missions and then now you can do campaigns and the fact yeah. that as your character moves through the world you've got this cool little dashboard where you can excuse me. manipulate and find equipment and find armor and so you still have that interactive live feel of a board game you have the three dimensional texture and you have this immersion feeling of yeah. when you play the game. And I think yeah. when people look at that as early as 2011, it in- influenced the industry for the next 10 years for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's allowed people to be passionate about board games again. I would 100% agree with you on that one. Absolutely. I mean, people, you know, I can't tell you how many times, you know, even through my son's school, we have a, a mom and a dad's club and we have game night, um, which is board game night. Um, and it's amazing. Like you introduce people who are not as familiar uh, with, with the level of, that board games have achieved uh, and still think of a board game as Monopoly or Scrabble or, or, you know, shit like that. And you show them these games and they're fucking blown away, you know, and people love them, love them. I had, I hosted uh, for our dad's club at, um, uh, which is a, everybody is allowed. It's through the dad's club. I just want to say, because <laughs> we've dealt with this. Everybody's oh, there's invited. a variety of of, of versions. Everybody's of invited. Yeah. Everybody's anyway. got a everybody's got a little bit of daddy in them. <laughs> I'm not gonna touch that. But I hear that. I hosted, we had two tables of uh the game Horrified, which is also cooperative, classic movie monsters and classic myth- mythological modern m- monsters. And it's a cooperative game. And again, it's two different themes different maps but the same mechanics very similar you could even you know probably mix and match you know but uh we had 20 people playing or maybe 18 people playing at, on two tables so here's a and fun it was app. and it was and people loved it loved here's it. a fun board game cost analytic that i i like to pull out from time to time because a lot of people struggle with the cost of board games sometimes the, the mm-hmm. new modern cost of board games yes so Let's because say again, said, they're not familiar with the production value of well, what you're getting in that game. But this analytic is fun because it looks at it a little bit differently. Okay. You spent $100 on a board game that you play for 500 hours a year. You're spending I, 20 cents an hour to play I a know game. Where, I know where you're going. I'm with so this. aesthetically, while the production value gives you this amazing experience, once again, it's how you choose to invest the entertainment value of your time. Right. If you're going to sit down 
on a weekend and play this board game for like five, 10, 12, 15 hours on a weekend with a bunch of friends or family, and you do that 20 times a year, you've actually, you're only spending 20 cents. Well, every time how you much sit down. Is it, how much does it cost for even two of you to go out for some drinks for a night? Or no, even more kind of like in, in an analytic kind of perspective, it costs two people to go to the movies now for a hundred bucks. Right. And that's for a two hour movie. So right. your $50 an hour rate of your investment of time. So even a hundred dollar yeah. board game is still a fucking bargain. It's still the cheapest bargain you can get for its entertainment value. As long as you're actually having fun, you know, you're yeah. having fun playing it, you know? And you know, something else interesting that I will mention about the, uh, I mean, I, I enjoy both competitive and co-op board games. I just mm -hmm. like playing. I enjoy co-op more than competitive because I like planning things with people, but yeah, go ahead. I like, I like that. And <laughs> like, I can be competitive, but I just like playing. So if I'm losing, right. It, right. it's okay. Okay. Uh, my son is, he's the worst fucking loser ever. So is my 13 year old <laughs> daughter. So it's okay. Fine. She's a terrible So I loser. can't even play games with him that are, that are, uh, competitive, yeah. competitive yeah. because he, because it's going to end up with us in a gigantic argument because he's throwing a fucking fit and then I throw <laughs> a fit. And then we don't play again for two months and then he's like, hey, let's play dice throw. I'm like, are you going to throw a fit? No, that's what happened. <laughs> so, um, but that's an extreme version. So uh, yeah, monopoly, monopoly exactly, yeah, exactly. How many times we got fuck this? Yeah, um, you always buy boardwalk. Fuck you, right. Um, but you uh, like, or even better yet, they get mad and quote, "You monopolize everything." <laughs> oh, I'm That's sorry. my favorite quote. I love that one. Uh, but what I've noticed is, for people you know that are not necessarily board game people, they enjoy them, but it may take a little convincing for them to play. Like my wife, um, mm. she much prefers cooperative games. It right. gets her into the game more or into yeah. any game more and it I gets her that. playing and she enjoys it because it is a collaborative, nobody's arguing, nobody feels right, bad, right. you know, type right. of thing. So no, I, I think that's a really interesting um, <clears throat> side effect of the, of the co-op games also. I think they're really awesome. I would say, I mean, if I had to choose, I would say I enjoy co-op more because there's so much more that you can do with it. Yeah, I feel the same way. I um, Competitive games have their limitations, I think. Yeah. And they become yeah. obvious limitations because in my world, I look at things overly in an analytical perspective. So when I view things, you know, it's like at one point I could break down the probability factor of any game that relies on a random number generator. Right. So the more that you insert randomness within the idea of the random number generator, the more pop probable outcomes you get, mm -hmm. the more probable outcomes you get, the more you have to do. Right. Like and the, and uh, a really more, good, ex a really good example of ability there is like a good example is Axis and Allies. Mm -hmm. Axis and Allies is a direct head to head competition game that has attackers and defenders and the, the variation of the attack and defend outcome is very linear 
right? It's linear and set in the, the basics of the mechanics. There's not a lot of variety to that game. No. And the playability, as great as it is, the replayability, I would rate as very low. I totally agree. And and, and the value of that game is playing it for a very long time in a single setting versus yeah. replaying it multiple times. Because eventually, the, uh, the, the possibilities diminish to zero. Right. With a game like Zombicide and these more cooperative games, the outcomes are endless because of the the huge amount of variables. Yes. And I think those huge variables create a lot more fun for the players. And once again, we're going to do another show about this because I'm seeing things in the creator space that's very cringy to me. How so? The difference between complexity, mechanics, and action economy, and I'm going to say it, everyone's getting it wrong. They're all getting it wrong. And I find it frustrating. And I'd love now, to again, back. Your definition of action economy is different. Well, but remind, I'm remind in... me, remind me of your definition. And I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not picking on you. Just well, no, no, remind me I, of your I, definition of action economy. It's kind of irrelevant to the point. Action economy is defined by the players. Okay. So it's it's up to them to determine how they use that action economy. What I threw in here that's a little bit different is that there's a lot of people talking about complexity. Okay. And complexity is a descriptive term of what they think is good or bad about the mechanics and how the action yeah. economy works. So I think that trifecta narrative would make a very good conversation for a show. Absolutely. So that, we could, that we could talk about what all that means because I still think to this day people are getting it wrong. And I'd like to... To, to dissect that even further. Ab but, I would love that. And, and But yeah. I, I, I digress. Because <clears throat> we somehow well, not really. to learn. Complexity, well, no, because, yeah. Complexity and how deep the mechanics are, I think people, I think that's where people uh, miss the point. But the value of a co-op game like Zambleside, to me, um, hey, Dragon Painter, um, <laughs> The, the value of a co-op game like Zombicide, to me, is that the the complexity takes a back seat to everything because it's a co-op game where people are helping you understand the game because yes. the competitive nature of it isn't there. It's the it's us versus the system. Yes. And that's a very, very relevant cultural narrative right now. Us versus them. Us versus the system. Us versus the things that are trying to take everything away from us, right? It's culturally relevant to people when they yeah. sit down and as a co-op, the mechanics go out the door because there's so many people are not the mechanics. The complexity goes out the door. Yeah. The co-op value is the, you know, the mechanics and the action economy shared amongst people having fun. Yeah. And therefore the popularity of co-op games, I think is going to continue to skyrocket because zombie side set that pace. It set the conditions that were perfect for a co-op game. Yeah. And that's a very that's a very astute observation is that just from a from a cultural zeitgeist that is like you know I think people just want to even though even as as much as people are in a shitty mood and at each other's throats <laughs> these past few years I think people want to work together. They want to solve problems together. So I love this question <clears throat> um because Everything can be made competitive. 
The question is, can you do it, um, you know, in such a way that the, both the competitiveness of it's still fun and doesn't overwhelm the importance of the co-op. So one of the things I think that can be done quite well for Zombicide is you could run a tournament on a point system. Mm -hmm. So as teams of players play second edition, whoever, you know, each mission is worth three points, <clears throat> right? And each completed campaign is worth 10 points. Yeah. So, you know, so you could create a sense I mean, of that, competition that... without diluting well, the value of the co-op. Well, here's here's something though. Uh, that is that's the I think that is the the simplest form of how to competitive. Competitive Correct. It's just a bracket system. Just yeah. a simple which bracket be, system, which of... can be done with a lot of games. However, right. I think Zombie Side does lend itself to that very very well. Probably more right. so than a lot of games. You could, because the way the mechanics work, you could pit two teams against each other. Yes. Trying to achieve the same or different goals and have points awarded for completing those specific goals. So maybe you like, have four people in this band and four people in this band and you are competing for points. And I would say, I want to say thinking about it, that the mechanics would actually allow for almost like an every man for themselves because the, 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 the system of, of damage and, and whatnot I don't think there's any reason why you couldn't direct an attack on a hero, on a survivor, just as easily as you could uh, one of the zombies. I'd have to I'd have to play test it, but you probably well, could do that. And I and I think you can get into really fun competitive bracketing too. Best yeah. zombie kill, highest number of zombies killed, um, best player death. So like yeah. you can. Have team A, team B doing the exact same second edition, and they get points for mission completion. They get points for campaign. Um, yeah, so, or so play out a large enough map. That's kind of a cool yeah. idea. So I the like missions, the missions are very, you know, the maps. All the maps are set. They tell you where to place everything. All the, you know, here's a door. Here's a, a unexploded mine. Here's your goal. Blah blah blah. You could though. There is no reason that you couldn't, if you were, if you've played the game enough and you got a feel for a balanced mission, there's no reason that you could not come up with your own mission and create a fucking room-sized map, you right? Know, and make it like an escape from New York thing, where there's yeah. like four teams and the map is literally like 40 feet square, and it's like, okay, you're you're all here and you got to get to the center of town and get fucking helicoptered out. Yeah, I, mean, I love it. Panic. That's a Left for Dead reference that. right there. That's a total Left for Dead reference right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, but you, I think the mechanics would support it. Like I said, if you like board games, if you like co-op games, if you like the zombie theme, I would absolutely check this game out. All yeah, you need is one of the core boxes. That's all you need to play. You don't need all. And the I would even recommend shit. buying either Zombicide One or Two. They're both core games. Um, you know, they're both playable the way they are. Um, two is more refined rules, but one is not obsolete. Right. Correct. Yeah. For a 10, for 12 year old board game, that's not half bad. Yeah. And <laughs> all of the different iterations, it's all the same base mechanics. Like one version, you know, Marvel might introduce a, an extra set of mechanics 
Um, whereas, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the space one invader, you know, has a couple extra sets. It has like uh, sentry guns and shit like that, but it's right. all within the same system. So you could theoretically play a multi-worlds version of zombie side. Right. Kind of cool. Well, we yeah. did it again. We blew yeah. an hour. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, like I said, I, I, I love this game. We got to start yeah. doing more fucking board game reviews. I desperately want to get my hands on Dark Tower. I'd love to do a chat about Dark Tower. Dark Tower is phenomenal. Um, um, I think we're probably overdue for some D&D board game, like Gloomhaven and some of the other ones that have been coming out. Um, talk about those, but so I have next I'm, week. I wasn't kidding when I said Gloomhaven has been sitting on my floor for a year. And a half. Temple of Ele Elemental Evil board game sitting on our shelf over here too. So yeah, and I've never yeah. opened it. Um, uh, ours we've played a couple times. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um. So next week, hopefully, fingers crossed. Uh, I, I uh, think the bearded nerd. I think so. I want to okay. hear about Gen Con. Uh, the following week, I would like to bring up a topic about AI art in Watsi. Um, I, I think the arguments are stupid. I think people are stupid. I think that's um, going to be, you guys want rants? Tune oh, the rants are going to be happening on that one. Absolutely. Tune in, tune in two weeks from now. Yeah. Um, uh, there's creators and then there's the reality of the world. Guess what? You don't go into a pub anymore and talk about underwater uh, basket weaving. You know why? Because it's fucking obsolete and the world's moved on. So fuck that shit. Anyways. Um, okay. So, yeah, I think I think the week after we have the bearded nerd on, uh, we'll talk about AI, Watsi, and this stupid uproar over the art thing, which I think is stupid. What is um, I, I don't what is the uproar? Um, they used AI art in the Bixby's Giants book. Okay. Um, and evidently everyone's saying, that's bad. Well, it was the same thing with the intro to Secret Invasion. Yeah, but no one said that was bad. I didn't yeah, see Yeah, they did. Huge... People were up in arms about not hiring real artists and doing it in, in mid-journey. Well, poop. I don't care. Doesn't you make and I, me mad. You and I may actually, there's going to be a shit ton of rants, but you and I may <laughs> yeah. be ranting at each other. So you Are you guys going home? Yeah. Okay. Um... So, yeah, so uh, next Thursday, we'll get the Bearded ner uh, Nerd on. The following Thursday, we'll prepare um, for the AI Watsi story. I think that will be a lot of fun because we have a lot of different opinions on that. And I love it when we prove to the world that you could be on total at separate spectrums and still have a similar love for things while disagreeing about outcomes of things. Fuck I wish you, the man. world. <laughs> I wish the world would get back to that. It would be a better world. Yeah. Um, and then if I think only. maybe, um, then I think maybe a Daggerheart video about the rules and what does it mean in the D and D world when it comes to D twelves. Um, Done. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. Done. I'd be down with that. Yeah. Thank you, Kurt, for that. I'll be, I'll be down with that. Done. So yeah, we've got our next. Um, I think. Um, we're probably planned out. To... <laughs> okay, that's fucking funny. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I like that. I like that idea. All right, everybody. Actually, you know um, what? Yeah. That's Brian. I, yes. You're going to okay. hold on. All right. Uh, okay. I'll I'm going to make it. a boxing poster, and you're okay. going to make an AI version of a boxing poster, you versus me, because I think okay. we're at odds on this. Uh, uh, on this one, so I yeah. love that idea. 
I've already taken will... a picture of me and you tonight, and I'm going to use that in the render and see what it comes up with. Well, send me those pictures. Oh, I will. I will. So It'll that be will fun. be our base, the same picture, <laughs> and then we will iterate on that. Oh, I love this. Karen, I'm All right, Brian, where can we find I'm sending you? Sending you a t-shirt for that idea. Seriously. <laughs> DM me on Instagram. Uh, yeah. You can find me at RPG and Co on Instagram. Best place to find me. Um, always open to chat about game shit or advertising shit or branding shit or whatever. So yeah. I just like talking about shit. Um, <laughs> so that's the best place to find me. Also check out playrpgandco.com uh, for a lot of cool, if I may say so, apparel, cool merch, shit, cool merch. And, yep. Awesome content. A lot of it from Jason, a little bit from me and a little bit and, from the bearded nerd. Yep. Um, so check those out. Um, yeah. Where can we find you? Can you can find me over at the TTRPG Academy on Twitch. If you click on About Us, you'll find all my fun socials of where I exist. Um, I'm currently working on an amazing project with the RPG Club, which hopefully will be done within the next week or so. Um, and I'll be expanding my tables once that's done. I've got a good number of tables wrapping up, and I'm getting ready to reboot those tables um, including introducing a Walking Dead table. I'm going to introduce another Candela Obscura table. Um, and then I've been working on a table called A Thief's Journey, which is based on the movie release, which will be a lot of fun. Um, cool. It takes you from Baldur's Gate all up the Sword Coast to you know Daggerford and up into Waterdeep and up into um, Neverwinter, uh, you know, Ten Towns and designed to just give you this amazing tour of the entire sword coast one of my favorite uh, awesome. play areas to play in so awesome yeah mine too i love the sword coast i would world i've been seriously thinking about world building i would still carve out the sword coast and yeah paste it on whatever else i'm doing yeah I, anyway. I, I, i've always found its lore to be very intriguing yeah. fun very adaptable changeable a source yep. of the Moonshay Isles. And you know what? Maybe that's another show we could do. We talk about the importance of Sword Coast and how it really does a great job of organizing content that's yeah. very easy to use. I would Absolutely. love to do that. Yeah. Done. All right. All right. TPK. Tell a story. Play a game. And be kind. Be kind. Good night, everybody. Uh, thank you all for joining us. <laughs>